Hey everybody, it's Doombot. Welcome to the new episode of Bullpen Bulletins. Oh boy, are we going to have fun today. Okay out there in Marvelland, face front, this is Stan Lee speaking. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, lady? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw her bald-headed. Hello and welcome to Bullpen Bulletins, a celebration of all things Marvel. I'm Vince B. I'm David Price. And we have a little special treat for you tonight. On this, our second Marvel Spotlight episode, we have uh, a guest in the house. You know him as Jefferson from the forum. That's because his name is Jefferson. It's Jefferson Workman. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Jefferson. How are you? Thanks for letting me uh, in on this, guys. I appreciate it. Glad to have you. Thanks. Just so really, for us to do, like Vince always says. That's right. <laughs> the more well, the, you know, you guys are such big comic brains. Uh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to be able to contribute, but you know, I'll toss in a few things. See, see I that, just love to hear you guys talk. That, that's our talent. We 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 befuddle you with lies, and you. <laughs> You think <laughs> you think we're comic brains, but nah. That's uh, not, if I not. leave this podcast crying, I'm going to hate you guys forever. No, you will. <laughs> and like I said, tonight we're going to be looking at Return of the Monster. This is actually Volume 3, Issues 34 to 39 by Bruce Jones. Not a new face or name to comic books. The guy was working on comics when Warren magazines were young, so that's a that's a long time ago. And uh, John Romita Jr., fly-by-night guy. and young, uh, gun. young gun. And inked by <laughs> Tom Palmer. So you have, this is almost like a, an all-star Incredible Hulk, I guess you could call this. Well, also, the, the colors are by Studio F and the letters are by uh, Richard Starkey and Comic Crafts, Wes Abbott. Um, aside from those individual issues that Vince mentioned, it's also, Return of the Monster has also been traded in its own trade paperback and um and it is the first story included in the uh, incredible hulk volume one hardcover that marvel put out um oh uh, back in uh, 2002 now oh, you guys know your stuff yes and i i just have a hard time getting past the Kari andrews tribute to steranko the cover i mean it's just so nice it is but you know, we've each, all each each cover got better too. Is is the I mean, it, they were all great. Oh, each, I don't each, know about each, that. Each, I don't know. I like the Norman Rockwell homage, and uh, as as we get further into it, but yeah, uh, I think the Nuff said cover, and I'm think I'm being real generous here. I think the Nuff said cover is horrible. With that, well, you ju- can hardly tell what the hell's oh, going the, on in that oh, shot. With the, with, I mean, with the big the, eyeball. There you go. I mean, that's just. Bleh. But uh, you're right. The other ones are really, really good. And they do. They they seem to get better and better as it goes on. Yeah. 
I mean, even when the series moves beyond this, just this first arc that we're talking about, the covers just get more and more interesting all the way through this thing. Now, bef- before we slice up these six issues and, and take a, a closer look at them, I'm really confused as to why they called this arc Return of the Monster. Because after reading all of the six issues, this is not an out-of-control, rampaging Hulk. This is very much a in-control Bruce Banner. I mean, he, he even triggers the transformation in, in these issues. So to, to call this the six issues Return of the Monster is kind of like makes you wonder who the hell they're talking about. I mean, I know Could obviously you... it's about the Hulk, but it, I, as far as I'm concerned, this is not a monster in this series. Could you maybe allude it to that they were trying to, Bruce Jones was trying to do something different with the series? And maybe um, maybe bringing it back to more sort of an old school sort of story. Yeah. Because this is because this is one of the this is this particular run of the Hulk was one of the comics that brought me back to reading Marvel after like you know like almost like a twelve year stint of not reading comic books. Well, you hear a lot of people say that. Yeah. Um, because stuff that, you know, stuff that uh, Marvel was doing in the early 2000s, like, you know, um, just for, just to, just go off just a little bit, I mean, just like um, X-Force and X-Static, when I saw that Mike Alred was coming to Marvel, that really picked, that really picked up my interest. I mean, it was like, I couldn't believe they hired that artist to work on a Marvel book. You're right. In, and just different things were happening at Marvel at that time, and it just like, Wow. It just like said, gee, shit, I should just get back to reading these books again. It's kind of like what's going on at Marvel today, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Only on a, a, a larger scale because, you know, back then you had Allred, who was the anomaly, and maybe one or two others. Now you have a slew of artists who you would never expect to be drawing mainstream superhero books, but it's working. Yeah, I mean, I just remember the letter pages from X-Force and X-Static, just the constant griping that Allred was on that book. The, the guy's a master, and to get him on a, a mutant book, and his his style was perfect for Milligan's writing. And yes. there, like David said, even the writers. Yeah, I mean, you got people like Fraction, you got people like Ellis that they're giving uh, mainstream, regular Marvel universe books to and characters. Uh, I, you know, they're just they, they they grab some. I mean, Brew Baker, who who probably would feel right at home writing a, a crime novel, is is doing wonderful stuff with, with Captain America and Daredevil. Yeah, and Brew Baker came from the uh, the small press, so right with Caliber, right? Yeah, yep. Oh, okay, it's just diamonds the, in the sky time now. <laughs> oh yeah, they they better really make Brew Baker and uh, Fraction very happy because I think they're going to be the anchors. Who they are, and I mean, look at Daredevil and Captain well, every, America. Yeah, every every um, every couple of years it seems, because for a while you had um, you had Bendis and then Miller, and now we're getting Brubaker and Fraction, and um, and and you know Fraction I can see moving over again. I mean Jenkins spent some time on a Spider-Man title, and and he's writing the the companion piece to to the Civil War miniseries, so. You know they 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 know that when they have good writers and and they put them on really good books and they let them write really good stories. It's it's just let them let the writers have a go and and you know I'm sure there are there's some editorial 
say or, or, or control as far as the direction the stories may go. But, I mean, the, the writer is, is writing the story in those pages, and, and it just... Every comic book I'm currently, re- I'm currently reading... I'm enjoying the hell out of. I mean, you got Peter David on X Factor and Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man. You got Brew Baker and Fraction on Iron Fists, and and you know the only thing that would make me really really happy is if they gave Priest a book again, and and then I just you know I'd, I'd never leave my house. Yeah, we're getting. Some- is he interested in writing for Marvel anymore? We'll uh, we'll go into that later. <laughs> I don't want to side because I, I a I'm not going to speak for the man. I'm not going to put words in his mouth. He's. Um, he might be a little um, disenfranchised right now. I, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but I mean, he's—it's—it's it's almost like he's—he—he's he's got this this curse attached to his name. I mean, you you give him a book to write, and and it it just it doesn't last. I mean, they, they, the crew lasted seven issues, and that was pulled from him, you know, before he blinked. And then they let Captain America and the Falcon run for, for a little over a year, but then they brought Brubaker onto the main title, and, and he understood that that was, you know, then fine, you're, you're letting Brubaker have a go with Cap. I can understand that you're, you're, you're investing all this time and money into the guy, and, and, and I'm just writing a little side spotlight comic book that, that, that focuses I would have loved to have seen just the Falcon in the book and this way Priest could run wild with it but you know you had the Civil War coming and, and things like that so it really just wasn't, I, I didn't see him fitting anywhere in, I, I he could write anything but um, he's he's definitely got other things going on but I would, I would love to see him writing comic books again Man I've been reading uh, interviews with Fraction he just sounds like a kick in the pants Oh guy. he does, I yeah. mean it's cool that he is at Marvel. Yes, I'm wondering though. Getting back to the um, to the topic at hand, I'm wondering if the return has anything to do with also Bruce Jones's return to to Marvel or comics in in general. I, I because right before this, the is- issue the issue right before this, Priest wrote, and before that, the issues were written by Jenkins. And I do not know what Bruce Jones was doing right before this issue of the Incredible yeah. Hulk, but I think it was... he just had a I think he had a two year exclusive contract with Marvel when he started writing the Hulk here. Right, but I mean, why would they use Return of the Monster in terms of Bruce Jones to anyone? I'm just I'm just saying Return. The Return right. part. I'm not I'm... right. But would I just to anyone reading Marvel, they had no idea who Bruce Jones was. I mean, the guy was around. But unless you were reading black and white horror magazines and, you know, Richard Corbin books, you didn't know who right. he was. But I don't know. I, it, it, it could mean, because as you see in the book, the Hulk is not exactly a beloved character in this because of the damage that supposedly he did and the, the, the kid he supposedly killed. Maybe that is what they're trying to get at. Like, here's the monster, but he's not really... Because if you compare this Hulk to John Byrne's Hulk, the Hulk that started off this run, there was a savage Hulk. John Byrne put the threat back in the Hulk. And this Hulk is just, he seems to be Banner's bodyguard. Like that that Banner just calls on him whenever he needs him to do his dirty work. And then, okay, I've got this under control. Let's just put him back where he belongs. So, yeah, just something odd I noticed. I mean, to call it Return of the Monster is really, it makes me wonder. Do you think? But do you really think that he has really control of the Hulk here? It looks like he's using a lot of methods to try to suppress. Oh, definitely. The Hulk. Yeah, you have. But there are certain incidents in the book where he is almost losing it. Yeah, but he never does. 
He never loses it in the book. He loses it when he allows himself to lose it. Like, where... See, we're going to get all effed up here, but what the <laughs> hell. The, the scene that gets me the most, and, and, and if you... You know, in every case, he's either instigated into turning into the Hulk, or he's instigates himself to turn into the Hulk. So it's not this is this is Banner who's pretty much in control of his himself for the first time. I think in a long time, the, Banner is very confident that he can suppress the Hulk. So, like again, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll pick up something as we go through this thing, but. I it's very very strange that they would call these six issues six issues Return of the Monster to me, and I think a lot of it has to do with the two pages in issue thirty nine, the two lead in pages, where Bruce Jones compares the Hulk to Frankenstein, in yes. in uh, James Whale's nineteen thirty one movie. That scene was originally cut from the movie, you know. When when they released it, they took that scene out, but it's since been put back in. But in the original, it's a little girl where Frankenstein is kneeling. Well, the Frankenstein monster is kneeling with the little girl, and they're throwing. It's exactly like this. I mean, this is almost seen for or cut for cut the same way that it is in the Frankenstein movie. So maybe that is where he's going with the monster in the title. That uh, you know, the Hulk is a a creature of science, and so was Frankenstein. The modern Prometheus, you know, so maybe that's the the monster aspect. But then, but then, who who looks at the Hulk as the monster? Is it Banner? Because Banner's the one who had this dream, so we can assume that Banner sees himself as a Frankenstein monster. Well, I think he never wants to get out of control, you know. Right, right. Just you know, like I said, all the books and the meditation. You know, there's that wonderful scene with the autistic girl and the uh, either drug-induced or the dream that he's having about pushing the whale yep. out to the water. You know, and he's even pushing the whale out into the water. So he's pushing the monster out of him. Mm, right. Hey, Vince. Hey, David. Dallin here again. Last week, I called the buzz line to leave high praise for your excellent interview episode. Sadly, this week, I'm calling with a gripe. I'm more than a bit disappointed with episode 12, and it's left me a bit hollow inside, so I need to get this off my chest. When I first discovered your podcast, back at episode 1, I immediately fired off a letter thanking you both for, and I quote, filling a void that has been sorely neglected thus far. Too many podcasts that I enjoy require me to skip the downloading of every second or third episode because of a sudden focus on Infinite Crisis or 52 that week. Blah, blah, blah. Or worse yet, I'll be soundly enjoying an episode when out of nowhere they launch into a discussion about Blue Beetle. Nails on a freaking chalkboard. Unquote. Well, I guess it was too good to be true because in my opinion, that first hour of episode 12 veered severely from what I thought was this show's mission statement. All things Marvel. Spending time comparing Civil War with that other company's recent big event was the nails on the freaking chalkboard for me. I'm pretty sure that you guys were having an intelligent conversation, but all I heard was, so, Derek, what do you think about Civil War in comparison to blah, blah, blah? Well, Captain America this and Steve Rogers that, but down the street we've got blah, 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 blah. David, how about you? Well, Vince, on the one hand, we've got Civil War and Spidey, then over here we've got blah, blah, blah. 
Um, hello, Vince, David. When I tune into Bullpen Bulletins, I expect you to make mine marvel. Thank you. The opinions expressed in this buzzline message do not necessarily represent the side of Dallin's brain that reads and enjoys Detective Comics, Johnny Hex, Mystery in Space, Tales of the Unexpected, All-Star Superman, and other fine titles from the Distinguished Competition. And did you notice, every issue, well, almost every issue, has something to do with a child? Mm. These thing, This series focuses on children, like... It's there's an overabundance of kids in this thing. In 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 issue thirty four, you have Jerome, who's like the surrogate Rick Jones. You know, he tries to save him from the gang banging thing. In in thirty five, the Nuff set issue, you have the autistic girl. Then you have the 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 continuing thread of Ricky, who supposedly the Hulk murdered. And then you have the the boy in the the car that the Hulk saves, who isn't necessarily a child but he's a kid you know there all of this series and then you have the the kid that samson helps with his his anger and bully problems well that's interesting uh vince because i didn't even recognize that but yeah there's a prevalence of kids in this the, book. there's a lot of children in here is it mean anything that the one that Samson helps is the one with the anger issues. <laughs> so I, I mean I don't know, but let's let's take it from the beginning, before we we you know blow the wad before we even get into it. So in issue thirty four, not much happens, and that's another thing about this series. It starts off very slowly. I liked it. I oh, liked how it was building. Yeah, but I mean it builds to the point where you have a last issue. That is basically like machine gun fire. There's just so much going on in the, in the last issue, but let, let's we're going to ease into it like a cheap whore. Okay. Um, <laughs> nice and <laughs> nice and nice and slow, baby. All right. So that's the tempo. When <laughs> when we first find Banner, he hulked out in Chicago and a child was killed. So when this issue opens, he's in St. Louis. He's in a a little flea bag motel, and communicating with someone called Mr. Blue uh, through his laptop. Now, we never find out who Mr. Blue is in these six issues, so that's a good thing. It keeps the, the mystery going. I don't think Jones solved that for a lot of issues. I mean, it, it, that, oh, yeah. that, yeah. that just goes. kept going and going and going. Yeah. Um, and Banner has managed to control his anger through meditation and sound, and visualizing half-naked women, which is okay by me. You know, you would think that... You're going to use something. (laughs) You would think that that would get his his heart rate, you know, pumping, but okay. He runs into a young, very bright child named Jerome, who's being sucked into the whole gang life, and Banner uses the Hulk to get him out of it. That pretty much summed up the first issue, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Banner sees the kid needs an out and like Rick Jones Banner throws himself in the path of in between this kid and his problems so he you know takes out the 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 gang bangers and now the kid has a chance so that's that's what the basic idea of 34 I mean it's not I was actually disappointed when I read this first issue uh a while back because it's it's a little thin. Well, we didn't see the Hulk once. No. And that's what I loved about it, to be honest, is that you did not see him. 
Yeah. Which, well, I mean, which, if this was someone's first issue, I mean, that might that that's that's definitely. I think that that'll suck someone in because it's like, okay, well, here's somebody who here's because they may. I mean, is it, would it be safe to maybe assume that reading this, reading this issue by itself, first issue for someone never never read a Hulk comic or a Marvel comic? Could they even? Is it even mentioned that Hulk and Banner are the same person at all in this issue? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you you have the footage the, from the yeah news the newscasts, cast, and they say and they say and they say right because that's when he shaves. Yeah. Okay, so the net theory doesn't even wash. So the we don't see the Hulk at all, which might just set somebody up to continue reading it because they want to know, you know, what the hell. Because there's definitely something here. There's definitely laid... I mean, you're right, Vince. It, it, it is thin, but it, it, it also lays the groundwork, I think, very well. That it's setting itself up to be something that... that you know, w- whether it served its purpose or not, it, it's still it, it's still a very... I think a very, very good foundation. Oh, yeah. He, he dangles the carrot on the stick with the Mr. Blue... Uh, a carrot that some would say he dangled a little too long, but uh, you get to see the after effects of the Hulk transformation. I guess. I guess what you're thinking about, what you have to look at here is 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 this a book? Is this book about Banner? Is this book about the Hulk? That's true. You know, I mean, you know, Banner is the catalyst here. Wherever he goes, he is the catalyst. He either affects or is affected by what he does. Obviously, this does not apply to Planet Hulk. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, I love Bruce Banner, and I like the way he thinks, and I like him as a character, but enough is enough. I think Jones uses him to good effect in this, but if the Hulk was like this right now, Planet Hulk, you know, relied on Banner, I don't think it would work. You know, half because <laughs> he would have half, been killed. I know. Have, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, having the having the Hulk with Banner's sympathies. Oh, yeah. you know, like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, we know that Banner's on the run, and the ghost of this dead child is haunting him. And when we get to thirty-five, which unfortunately happened to fall into the Nuff said month. Now, I mean, we can pretty much assume that Bruce Jones knows how Peter David felt with the other because he, second issue into his run, and he's got to do this wordless issue. All the, all the Marvel books for that month were wordless. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the best issue of the run, this, this six-issue run, because it, it does something that relies mostly on Romita Jr.'s talents, if you ask me. Which just goes to... Um to show you what kind of what, what kind of master Ramita Jr. is, I mean, he's he's um, Bruce Jones wrote an issue that could have no word, no captions, no word balloons, no no thought balloons, nothing, and 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 you had to, I mean, they, they really worked well together in this. I mean, you had you had Jones writing this story that can only be told panel by panel, and and Ramita just pulled it off. I mean, you get it, it, hell, it's it's almost it's almost a standalone issue to me. Yeah, and it's just it's just it's it's almost like it's a day in the life of Bruce Banner who's escaping, who's just on the run. I mean, it's it's 
it's been done in The Fugitive. It's been done. Anybody that's on the run from someone, they've done this type of story. But the fact that this is this is a issue, everything is being done through actions or or eye contact or smirks or expressions. It's just it 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 really is. It's a great issue. I, I think I'm. I'm tempted to, to agree with you, Vince, that it is. It, it, it is the best issue out of the six. And when it's the, just good work. Well, the apple know? doesn't fall far from the tree. This is true. You know, Daddy was one of the world's greatest. It you know, stands to reason that if Junior was half the artist he was, which he's more, you know, he's great. But the, I agree, this is... When, when, when the Hulk first erupts, I mean, that's a powerful scene. When he busts out of that... Out of the car. Yeah, he rips the top off, and you can just feel the power. And I love the way Ramita Jr. draws broken glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I nice. love it. You even got the spit stream in Hulk's mouth. Yep. Thank you, Herb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you associated with Herb, I associated with Sal. Thank you, Sal and Herb. There's, there's nice little touches in here. I love the part uh, where the uh, men in black are walking into the diner and uh, the second one kicks the dog. And then at the end of the story, when Banner has stolen one of the, taken one of the uh, men in black suits, he comes out of the diner and he feeds the dog. Right, yep. Just nice little touches like that. Which is, I mean, which which is like, it, it's, it's, here he, he's taking care of the dog. He, um, he smiles and and tries to get a reaction out of the autistic girl, and and he does. He he feeds the mouse at at the flea bag hotel mm-hmm. in the first in the first issue. I mean, how how can this be someone who's who's a monster? I mean, how could you you, you go from hearing on the news that that the Incredible Hulk killed a child during one of his rampages, but yet the the Doctor Jekyll side of it is just you know kind to everybody and goes out of his way to make sure that everybody is well. It's it, it's it's a great yin and yang thing. Hey, my name is Daryl. I'm on the forums. I like the show, but I am a DC defender, so stop picking on DC Comics. They do good stuff, but Marvel does too. And I really want to give a shout out to Union Jack and uh, Mike Perkins does the art on it, and it's beautiful. It's a good miniseries. I don't know how well it's doing, but I think people should pick it up. And take care. Peace. And and even if, you know, whether the, the Hulk, whether, whether we're, as we find out, whether the Hulk killed the child or not during his rampage, I mean, you know, they, they are a, heck, uh, a Jekyll and Hyde. Duo. I mean, that's that. That's obvious. We've, we've known that from the beginning. But it's just, it's, it's nice. I mean, I know you're loving Planet Hulk fans, and and it's it's a series that I haven't read yet. It's a story I haven't read yet. But I I do enjoy seeing Bruce Banner. I loved the Peter David run with with after Mister Fix It with with the Hulk merging with with Banner's personality, and 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 we had the Pantheon, and and you know seeing this big huge green behemoth. With the intellect of of a nuclear scientist is it, I, I love that I enjoy Banner, and and I'm sure I'll enjoy mindless Gladiator Hulk when I get to it. But I I, I really enjoyed what Bruce did with uh, with Banner. Man, well you know what I haven't read a Hulk comic book since 1986. So wow, 
This was when Byrne when Byrne left to uh, go do uh, Superman for uh, Marvel. Yeah. Um, so uh, I missed out on the entire like you know Peter David experience oh, with uh, Hulk. Now, but you know what? You know I would look at covers once in a while, and you know him in the gangster outfit when he was Mister Fix It, right? And yep. uh, you know when when he had the when he had the intellect of Banner, you know, I just think those things sort of pulled away from what what the core of what the Hulk is, and it's this monster inside a man. Like you said, the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde uh, thing. That's what I enjoy most about this character, particularly, is that aspect of it. But like I said, I can't be for sure because I never read the Peter David run, and people, so many people tell me it's a great run. So. Oh, yeah, we have. We oh, have, shut we up. Have to, we, we have to rectify that. But the... Um, it's it's just not, I mean because we've for so many years I mean even even with the introduction of Wolverine and the Incredible Hulk comic book I mean he was he he was Bruce Banner and 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 as soon as he got angrier he had to he'd turn into Hulk and then he'd go and beat somebody up and then he'd be Banner again and it's like you know they did that for years and years and years and it was time for for a little bit of a tweaking and i think peter david did a great job just like just like planet hulk right now it was time to just you know what we need to just kind of take banner out of the equation for a bit and let's just run with hulk and they're doing a great job with it and when it's run its course we'll have banner back or we'll have banner turn into hulk and 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 something there'll be a new twist on the old formula and it'll keep it fresh so to speak but no it 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 really you'll I, I think you'll enjoy the Peter David run, especially especially the uh, the Dale Keown Gary Frank issues. I it, it, you had you had Todd McFarlane on it briefly, and then he went to Spider Man Amazing Spider Man full time. You had uh, Jeff Purvis, which kind of worked well with the with the monster aspect of the Hulk. But but once Dale Keown came on, and you see Keown grow over the over the couple of years he was on it, and then Gary Frank's run, it was just. I mean, if if you like Gary Frank on on Supreme Power and Squadron Supreme, you'll you'll love his stuff on on Hulk. Well, he's coming back. He's to, coming back to the Hulk. Well, I thought it was like a little backup story or or a couple. No, of he's actually going. Well, you know, they're splitting up the World War Hulk into a miniseries, and Romita Junior is going to be drawing that World War Hulk. And then right? yeah, World War, and then Gary Frank is coming back to pencil, um, the regular series. I might have to start jumping on the regular series. Too little, too late, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you know where you can go. <laughs> Planet Hulk. <laughs> I I wrote a little a little slogan for Marvel. Should they want to use it? Planet Hulk is wonderful. Is that <laughs> is that good? <laughs> Come on, that's gold. Oh, genius. That's the gold. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. Can you see that yeah. at the end of a trailer? You know, you have you have the the big rift coming out and the Hulk spitting out, and you hear the tribal drums, bum 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 bum, and then bullpen bulletin says Planet Hulk is wonderful. I, I really hope. I really hope that gets you a quote, dude. I swear on my mother. I hope. I want. I want. I want to see that on the back of the hardback. Uh, yes. When it comes out, yes. your quote, Vince. Or, or, or yes. the next time I post a news item, it'll say, Vince B. of the Bullpen Bulletin says, I would, oh, man, I'd plot. I'd love it. Just just one, one more time for the, the copywriters at Marvel. Planet Hulk is wonderful. Come on. Brilliant. It's a no-brainer. But anyway. you know, If I had a little bit more Malo, that probably would be a lot more funnier. 
but I'll take it. It's true, though. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Where were we? Oh. Were we finishing up the okay. most issue? Well, no. So now we know that there are men in black on Banner's trail. Somebody's looking for Banner. What for? We have no idea at this point. We, do, we just know he's being trailed, and they tried and failed to sedate him. Yes. They, they popped our buddy with a little dart, and thanks to a toxin that affects the motor system, instead of it, it, uh, it may have incapacitated Banner a little bit, but we all know that that's not the dangerous one. And yeah, nothing can stop all. Like Jefferson said before, he had a little li- little dream or visualization of him pushing a whale with the the little artistic girl, and uh, that's what enabled him to get the monster out. I just love that sequence. Yeah, me I really too. Do. Yeah. And the the uh, the beautiful woman with the metronome just melts into the autistic girl. Yeah, and, and she I'm assuming she drops the metronome because she doesn't have one. She's pushing the whale, so it makes you think about. It's been said that autistic children they they operate. Well, it's not been said. It's the truth. They operate on a different wavelength, but. Who's to say that this autistic child didn't actually communicate with Banner? I mean, in in reality, uh, you know, he he could have dreamed her or visualized her in his own mind. But who's to say that they weren't sharing this? I really I really like what the whale represents here. You know how Banner has beached yep. this other side of him and doesn't and does and doesn't want it allow it to be free into the ocean. You know, I just think it's 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 a very nice uh, symbol. Because at the at the end here. of the issue, if you look, the autistic girl does smile at him. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he she doesn't did. initiate it like he did before. He picks up her. He book, picks up and her then book. She turns around, and then and yeah, she smiles. So, is that a clue that maybe they did share the vision? Who knows? It's it's a neat little issue. I, I think it it, it it definitely is is stronger for the lack of, of of words. And I remember at the time this issue being one of the strongest ones out of them all, of the Nuff Said Month. Good job, Bruce Jones and, and company. And even, and, yeah, because I I'm not the I'm not the hugest Tom Palmer fan because he he can be he can be heavy. His inks can 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 almost blur. The original artist, that the penciler, on on the book. I remember when um, when I was reading the Avengers that that Roger Stern was writing at the time, Bushima and Palmer were the art team on it, and and almost after reading all those issues, I could tell whenever Tom Palmer inked anybody, whether it was John Byrne, whether you know, regardless, George Perez, it wouldn't matter who he's he's inking. It always felt like Tom Palmer was inking this person, but here. He's he's doing an amazing job. I, I normally seeing it on paper, I probably would have cringed if I found out if I knew that, that Tom Palmer was going to ink John Ramita. But Ramita shines in these pages. It, you 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 obviously can tell that that he's the he's he's the artist in charge, and and Palmer is just embellishing his line and and not putting so much of his mark onto these pages. They, they are doing a phenomenal job together in this, in this storyline. You know much how much I love John Romita Jr., right? It is a little bit, yeah. 
I don't think he was the right artist for this job. I okay. I think I think a lot of Ramita's talents, uh, what he does very very well and better than most other artists. This book is not very super heroic. It's not very larger than life. It it, it basically deals with Banner and his run-ins with real people. And let's be honest, the majority of this, this six-issue run is talking heads. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a people book. Yeah, so, I mean, you'll, you'll have maybe a Hulk out in issue say five you'll have a hulk out in issue three that lasts for like two pages but for the most part it's people sitting around talking and i i don't know i, I it, it certainly a, isn't boring me vince no I mean, no you know. it, it's not boring i'm just saying this is not what ramita does i mean it, it's not what he's the best at and that's you know these huge and i'm kind of shooting myself in the foot by saying this but kirby-esque like Eternals. I was just going to say Eternals. And, and Thor. His Punisher. And, yeah, his Thor, Punisher. Right. Uh, you know, and, and even his, his first Hulk run. I think um, he did an admirable job, especially on the Nuff Set issue, which is really surprising because this series doesn't play to his strengths at all. But goes to show you the guy's world class if he can pull it off. Yes. And Maybe that's why he wanted to take the job. I'm sure. Try to, yeah. do, try to do something a little more quiet. And then we flex those muscles. You bet. Hello, David and Vince. This is Chad. Mister Zombie asked me to give you a call again. You know he's really enjoying the show. He uh, he really loves the spotlight you did on Marvel Zombies. And the essential tales of the zombie, oh, those were right up his back alley, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Did you hear what I said there, Mr. Zombie? Oh, he's chuckling. Well, there's a certain part of the show that you're doing right now that he finds so humorous. Oh, he just laughs and rolls on the floor. There are those phone calls from down Dixie Way, you know, the impressions by that rapscallion Braxton. Oh, they're just so funny. They're so spot on. Oh, we just, you know, play them back and over and over and over again. They're just the greatest thing. Mr. Zombie just loves Braxton. You know, and come think of it, uh, I wouldn't mind a bite of that little Georgia peach myself. (laughs) Did you hear that, Mr. Zombie? Sure, be like that. You know, Mr. Zombie's in one of his moods, being very quiet. He asked me to call, and then he doesn't say anything. That's right, I'm talking about you. Yeah, he's being coy. He's the coyest zombie I know. Yes, I'm talking about you. Why? Because you asked me to call, and you're not saying anything. Yes. Oh. He's such a moody son of a bitch sometimes. That's right. I called you a son of a bitch. Because you are. Don't cry. Oh. Oh, he cries at the drop of a hat. I I swear to God. But is it that time of the month again? Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, oh, now he's, oh. Oh, the waterworks are going now. Oh, my God. Oh, you're such a baby. Oh, sometimes I wish you were, you were never undead. Oh, my God. I, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Zombie. I didn't mean it. Oh, oh. I've gone ahead and said it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm uh, well. Well, I'm going to have to go over and take care of Mr. Zombie right now. I'm sorry the way this phone call went. Uh, just said keep up the good work, and we'll listen to you next week. Bye. I'm sorry, Mr. Zombie. I'm sorry. And then we get to issue. Uh, 36, which I think is the most plot-heavy of the first part, the first half of this is uh, series, we find Sandra Verdugo, who's seconds away from being put to death for murdering her own child. Uh, we're introduced to Doc Sampson, who we know from way back. Oh, the back of his head, at least. Yeah, and he's pulled in by someone to help find... Banner and or the Hulk. And then we're introduced to the third person in this wacky bounty hunting team, and that's the man called Slater, who seems to work for anybody who'll pay him. And and he makes a point to say they work solo for anybody that'll pay him. Yeah. He was a a terrorist. But um so oddly enough, they do put Miss Verdugo to death. She's dead. Her body's intercepted by someone. Well, okay, so she's she's dead. She's in the coroner truck. The coroner stops it because someone in the ground. Um, there's a setup where the coroner has to stop, and in doing so, the person there seems to be another party that basically extracts Miss Verdugo from from the coroner. And then we're also we, we we're, we're kind of told why Samson was called, and Samson's looking pretty good in this, I must say. Is I, he I, really a smoker? Of, I don't remember um, that. Well, he he says uh, he says that he quit, and and I don't recall when when he uh, when he did smoke. Yeah. But hey, you know that first scene that first scene the, uh, with the back of his head and he's flipping the uh, lighter. I went, what the. Yeah. yeah, the light, the lighter says "fuck communism" on it. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a different. Uh, unless it's got something to, um, I mean, he starts he starts flicking with it when he's watching the destruction of of the boy uh, of that, that that the whole creator killing killing um, little Ricky Myers, and that's when we really that's when we first see the lighter, and then he gets the phone call, and then he meets the people that called him. And then he just keeps. It's almost like it's a nervous twitch with with, with the lighter. Hope he's not getting excited. Hey. <laughs> and and Banner can't stop watching this footage. It's, no. It's. Uh, and he keeps at, and he and he says, you know, tell me I did not do that. Well, he knows inside he didn't, but he needs to find out for himself because absolutely, it, it's from everything we've seen in this, he's he's under control even when he's the Hulk. I, th- I think it's just a uh, a manner of uh, him learning the truth, and then all this guilt will probably evaporate because he must know that he didn't do that. And uh, so we have Mr. Slater, 
is pounced upon by his maid, who turns out to be the once dead Ms. Verdugo. How did she come back to life? We don't know yet. But we are told that the two of them will be working together to bring the Hulk in. And man, does Romita Jr. draw her sexy? <laughs> a little, little too thin for my taste. Oh, I'd be all right with that. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I'd be all right <laughs> with that. And it seems that Ms. Verdugo is a mercenary for hire as well. Who, um, who seems to need... Um, Actually, no, I thought those were... At first, I thought that those were her medication, but... Um, that's the stuff to... But to, yeah, that's, that's to knock him out. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of dead people walking around in this series, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and I guess, you know, with, with the, the Slater and Verdugo don't mind mixing uh, business with pleasure. No, not at all. Because uh, she tells him that she's going to distract Banner by using her body and she whips off the towel basically and you can assume what comes next <laughs> yeah can we see that in Amazing Spider-Man 536 yep yep Aunt May did that she <laughs> <laughs> uh, she whipped out the camcorder so she could watch that's right <laughs> lift, lift you your leg up <laughs> Peter I can't get a shot of your sack <laughs> Jesus Christ that's coming out. Oh, More grunting. Of, of course. <laughs> More grunting. Where's Jarvis? Get Jarvis's ass in here. <laughs> I need the money shot. That's right. Indubitably. Rodgers. All right. And in issue 37, Banner does the old saving a child routine again. This time, let's just say he's a teenager, but um, drives his van across a rickety bridge, and Banner has to hulk out in order to save him. Meanwhile, Doc Samson helps a child himself. There's a, a little boy who was having bully problems, and Banner shows him the way to go. And yeah, he's uh, he breaks into a um, two. two well, what you call that? It's probably one of his little safe houses that he has. And uh, and and a little boy is actually inside as well. And then we find out whether or not we we, we continue to wonder whether or not uh, Verdugo will wear anything other than a towel. Which is not a problem. Yeah. More of the same, in a manner of speaking. Banner helps a teenage boy uh, after he goes against the wishes of, uh, I would assume, the sheriff and drives his, his little SUV. minivan. Yeah, over a rickety bridge. And naturally, what, hap- what you think would happen, happens. And, and the boy's trapped, and, and Banner can't lift him out, so he calls upon the Hulk... And that's I think that's a that's a pretty interesting why did I say it calls upon the Hulk? He never could call upon the Hulk before. It was more of like an oh shit, I'm mad now, here comes the Hulk or now he's actually got it to the point where he can push the Hulk to the forefront. That's I th- I would say that's a man that's in control. Yeah, I guess that meditation's helping. And the naked women. Um <laughs> so he helps he saves the boy we assume and that alerts good old Slater and Miss Verdugo who now have a, an FBI laptop with them to track Banner so you know that tracks Banner's laptop yeah so so they have uh, they're pretty connected whoever is pulling the strings with these two they're some high up um, muckety mucks I would think 
I just like love the word muckety muck. <laughs> um, Doc Sampson makes an appearance. He in one of his safe houses, he helps a a child who is being bullied, helps him overcome his fear and deal with his anger, and I think that says poor little kid volumes right there. Doctor Sampson's a sweetie. He is, and he's a good, he's a good-looking guy for a guy with green hair and green sideburns. Yeah, I wonder if the the. Uh... <laughs> anyway, so, uh... so yeah, but uh, let's see. Think, surprise! It'd be nice, surprise! It'd be it'd be nice to see Verdugo. Well, not for you, Vince, but it'd be nice to see Verdugo. Must, with must look like a towel. The, must look like the stuffing in the, in the Easter basket. Um, it's like there's a salad down there <sighs> with an egg in it. <laughs> I did not order an egg with this salad. <laughs> Take it back. Congratulate you on your milestone and epic 13th uh, bullpen bulletins podcast. I uh, did some number crunching here, and I uh, thought you guys might be interested in this. Um, the number 13 broken down into two digits is 1 and a 3. When you add those two numbers together, you get the number 4. 4 is a fantastic number in uh, our universe, as we know. But uh, also the, the number 13 is a, what's known as a prime number, a number that can only be d- divided by itself in the number 1. And on the prime number chart, 13 is the sixth prime number. Of course, the number 6 it was the last issue of the first run of The Incredible Hulk back in the uh, early 60s. But So let's take that 4, for the Fantastic Four number, and the number 6, and add them together, and that's, uh, that number is 10. Of course, in Avengers Annual 10, Miss Marvel lost her powers at the hands of the little rogue, the mutant rogue. And then if you take that 10 and multiply it back by 13th, which is the 13th episode of the Bullpen Bulletin's podcast, you get the number 130. But we're not done there because uh, we have to take into account that Vince B. and David do this podcast third in the number two. So we take 130, we subtract the two, and we get 128. And, of course, in Iron Man 128 is the Demon in the Bottle episode in which uh, Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, hopefully I didn't give anything away there, uh, confronts his alcoholism. Uh, but what is odd, no matter how I take the number 13th and, you know, I cube it, square it, add it, subtract it, we always end up at 128 in the issue of alcohol. I don't know what this has to do with the Bullpen Bulletin's podcast, but uh, I thought I would let you know. But nevertheless, nevertheless, congrats on your epic 13th episode, and look forward to listening. Bye. And at the end of this issue, our uh, duo of uh, mercenaries get the crap kicked out of them in a car accident. But that puts them within real close proximity to Mr. Banner, which makes Ms. Verdugo, and Jefferson, this is something that you were talking about, 
she she recites a couple of lines of Robert Frost's uh, "Stopping by the Woods on a Snowy Evening." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, the last stanza of uh, that poem. That's the important part. Yep. So, and I was trying to I was trying to figure out was she talking about herself or was she talking about Banner when she recited that poem, because you know she's she's on a mission to uh, recover her son, Banner is, you know, I mean, he's just running away. Or trying to stay away. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. Because I sat there for the longest time thinking about it. I just couldn't figure out who she was talking to. Because she's just letting Banner walk away. Does she have anything? Well, she does have a gun. I don't think she, Could she have hit him with that gun from where she was? Well, you know, any weapons that these guys have. I mean, if they have a computer that's tracking... They have guns that could do that. Yeah. You know, and you learn later on about some other weapons. So Which guys, probably means that she's going to maybe let him go a little further just just to see if he'll be able to help her get what she needs. As we see in issue six, yeah. Because Slater probably would have went for the shot. Mm-hmm. But he was too busy being a smartass. Well, he does have an ego. And I mean, you do yeah. learn. You yeah, you do learn that later that she has some alternative motives. Yes, as we see in issue thirty-eight, which sports a, a really, really neat Cariandros cover. Yeah, I, I, I like that cover a lot. Me too. <laughs> I love Samson's got a little sack lunch, kind of sticking a bag <laughs> down at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> you said sack. <laughs> yeah. His socks are all droopy. Yeah, he's it's got a, that smirk. Kari Andrews does good work. Yeah, I'll find out next month when I finally read the Rain uh, Spider-Man Rain Number One. Yeah. Paper so he, was talking it up on the forum. Yeah, yeah. I got to avoid that thread for another four weeks. Me too. The issue thirty-eight is where it gets. It starts to get really weird here. <laughs> That's um, an understatement. Ms. Verdugo and Slater kill two people that were dumb enough to ask if they needed assistance. Ask if they needed assistance. So they, 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 they kill them and take their clothes and uh, assuming their vehicle and everybody converges on this diner. For a Mexican standoff. Right. The Last Chance Cafe according to the issue title. We, 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 we find Mr. Sampson there in disguise. Slater and Verdugo are in there. Banner's in there. And the, the, the two people who we assumed that Slater and Verdugo kill, the, the husband and, well, the woman and man, they show up with bullet holes in their heads yeah. um, in, the, in the police officers' um, uniforms. They, they, they overcome the two police officers and take their uniforms. So it's like, this is where it starts getting bizarre. Well, I mean, it's just like all these people working for the same organization. Right. I mean, you have uh, Slater and Verdugo. Then you have this couple here who are following them. You have Samson who's working for the same person. All in one cafe. And what would a organization that could bring people back from the dead need of the Hulk? Oh, I mean, I think we learned that. Yeah, if you can bring people back from the dead, you pretty much got a lot of bases covered. So so everybody's in this little 
um, diner, and naturally Samson pushes his hand and in, ignites Banner into turning into the Hulk because he knows that's the only thing that's going to save them. Uh, Slater puts a bullet in Verdugo's head. She's down for the count. And we get a, a nice little appearance by the star of the book who tears the place up and gives Banner the opportunity to save his, his, his skin. Or so we think. I love the cue ball look with the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but we, I love the I love the scene where I mean the big splash page where Hulk makes his appearance. Yeah. The, all the agents are like taken aback, and uh, Samson's just standing there, standing there, smiling, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, get your asses kicked. We you know, know what we should do when we're done with this. Let's go through the book and count how many times the Hulk actually appears, and not in news footage, just just in in continuity in the story. It's probably not all that much. Barely once an episode. Yeah, uh, once I, an issue. You know, yeah. If you if you count a physical actual appearance, I mean, the first issue you don't even see him. I think it's, it's really really cool how. Um, Samson shows up to the diner wearing a green shirt. (laughs) (laughs) He's all huge and stands out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. And then I love the the curveball that Jones throws in the next issue, which is 39. Well, we start off with a... Well, it's it's a dream sequence, but we start off with with, with an appearance by the Hulk. Yeah. And, And this is Banner's... All the pop culture that's buried in Banner's brain playing tricks on him and combining with his real feelings because I, I don't think this is this is uh, Bruce Jones using this scene from Frankenstein, you know, cut for cut. I think this is Banner pulling this movie from his subconscious because Banner's, what you say, at least 40, 45. He's obviously seen the movie, so... We can assume that this is Banner's mind playing tricks. It's, it wasn't, you know, Bruce Jones didn't say, hey, there was a cool scene in, you know, the original Frankenstein. Let's use that. <laughs> I'm sure this this was written for Banner. But, but it plays well when he, I mean, from the black and white to color transition. Here, oh, yeah. I mean, she's, she's in the robe, like from the movie, The Old Man, you know. Who he who gives uh, Frankenstein uh, the soup? I was reading that, thinking, "Wow, she's going to give him a cigar now," you know. But <laughs> the, the cigar never happened. These these are some tenacious characters because even when he got cracked in the back of the head by a living dead woman, by what looks like a big old hunk of metal, isn't it? Or is it a piece of Just tree? Like a big old pipe, or it's yeah. a tree. Is it's it? a tree limb. The way he draws trees in this. Uh, Book, I mean, I think that's a piece of a limb that he whacks it, that he whacks him, that she whacks him with. Because if you look, uh, it's a fence post. Oh, yes, because in the page prior, that? yeah, the page oh, prior, yeah. there's barbed wire, and that's that's that's, that's one right. Of the yeah. attached to it. So she 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 cracks Slater with a fence post in the back of the head, and he's still. No, 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 no that's not Slater. Samson. That's uh, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, you're right. That damn it. Pay, pay, pay attention. Stupid, stupid Pepsi. <laughs> it's, it's the... <laughs> Nutri-Street's rotting my brain, man. Can't get it out. Uh, so, Samson's down for the count, which makes sense. 
But anyway, Slater's still going strong. He's picking up dead pieces of wood from <laughs> that in the in the shape of a, of a human being. That's like Jefferson said. He tries to draw the wood like um like like it looks like it's wrapped or something. It looks like tentacles. You know, if you look yeah. back at that that issue where there he's practicing the shooting. Those trees just they're wonderfully drawn. They just look like tentacles. It looks like the. Um, I agree. They I, they do have a a real tentacle feel to them, but they almost look like they they came out of a almost like a frosty freeze machine. Like they were, you know, like w- the ice cream machines. How they this with the circular, how it fills the the, the cone, <laughs> yeah. and that's what it looks like to me. I always get that kind of vibe from them. But uh, you know, the uh, tree that looks like a human. Here in this issue, isn't that what uh, Banner throws into the water, right, thinking right. it's the boy? No, no, yeah. I, I don't. Think, you don't think so, huh? No, because then, then that was... then that would mean he really did it. And for him to really do it, then then he, that would mean to take a a, a step in in the, in a really wrong direction. But uh, the I think that the the the. the but we are seeing that Banner is drugged here, you know, and uh, obviously... Yeah, because she, she she does say that when they shook hands in the issue earlier that um, she was wearing a spiked ring. Right. And it's giving him nightmares. Well, he yeah. says it's giving him nightmares. Right, so that's that's the uh, the whole Frankenstein sequence. I would think that Ban- uh, Slater pulled that wood from the... Water, thinking maybe it was Banner. I, I, you know, it's just where he's where Slater's walking through. He sees the tree that has been damaged, obviously by uh, Hulk. Right, right. And I think this is just Hulk, you know, traveling through here and just reenacting this dream or vision or hallucination that he's having. Hmm. Uh, and that, in that, he, the, in that, in that was mistaken in Banner's hallucination as the boy. And he threw the boy in the water. Yeah, but that would go against everything he's done in the whole six issues, though. If he if he threw... I mean, even if it is a chunk of wood, he threw a boy into the water. Even if, That's why he's saying he's having nightmares. Mm-hmm. So maybe he... Yeah, maybe the 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 wood could have been the boy... Maybe he's just living out this Frankenstein pop, you know, like you said, the pulling out this pop culture image yeah, from and, his memory. And whatever he and threw he's just, just happened and he's to be the wood. Out. Yeah. yeah. And he's just living it out. And it just so happens that the kid in the dream is the uh the kid that he mm-hmm. supposedly quote unquote killed in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's some doubt in his mind. I would hope. But Miss Verdugo lures him into this cabin and basically reverses the process. She pushes the Hulk out of him with the metronome and the the little string bikini. Everything that Banner was using to keep the Hulk away, she used. Yeah, because she grabbed his duffel bag uh, from the diner. You see that oh, at the end of the right. previous issue. Yes, yes. Because she's, she's also got the uh, notebook, uh, too, 
so she must have just sat there and uh, did a little research, did a little reading, and figured out this is what Banner was doing to control himself. Yeah. She still looks pretty sexy with a bullet hole in her Oh, head. you're not kidding. That's, <laughs> that's, that's just another entrance point as far as I'm oh. concerned. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I got a a million of them. (laughs) Um, Slater is one nasty character. I mean, we already knew that, but he kills one of his associates in cold blood just because the guy was catching, trying to, you know, oversee his work on this project, so to speak. And he just plugs the guy. And it's not the only time he does it. He kills... um, Doesn't he kill another... He kills Agent? two more agents. Yeah, he kills, kills two, two more agents. So I'm assuming that the page where Slater gets plugged in the forehead, I'm assuming whatever process they used on Sandra, they used on Slater. Right. Because I, I wouldn't think that somebody could miss that a shot like that from that close. Well, you see that we don't that it, they don't because the next page when he's. Um piecing together the, right. he's the gun. Ble- he's, he's bleeding from the forehead. He's bleeding, but you know, you could say, well, that could have grazed him, but look how close that guy is. I don't think he mm. grazed anything. No. I think he grazed his brain with that one. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, yeah, they, they didn't hire anybody to work for them that's going to do their job half-assed. So right, right. Everybody's and, been a, a, a crack marksman. And with these two or three, no, two agents that Slater kills, he finds pieces of a gun that would combine to make this, what what do they call it, the mosquito? A prototype, the mosquito, a gun that would only take out the Hulk. Right. Was designed to take out the Hulk. So that's that's another little thing that is going on in this. You got dead mercenaries running around, a, a gun that was designed to kill the Hulk, and 20 pounds of plastic explosive in the base of this cottage. Hello, Vince and David. This is your friend, Dave Wachter, finally causing calling the buzz line. Whew, I've been drinking. A while back, hearing that I had never read it, David sent me an extra copy he had of Astonishing X-Men, the first trade titled Gifted. So, here are my thoughts. I appreciate that Whedon brought us back to a simpler classic X-Men without all the complications of entangled continuity that have plagued the characters in recent years. The plot had some good points and some interesting twists, but in the end, it turned out to be formulaic. I don't like Whedon's dialogue. Not one bit. It rings as forced, false, and downright annoying. And all the characters talk this way, all of them. At least three times... I had to read a word balloon more than once in order to understand what the character was saying in their backward speak. And I really think there were a lot of commas missing or something. So that separate thoughts and prepositional phrases were spread together to become nonsensical, run-on sentences. Cassidy's art is good, no doubt. But there is a lot of hype and more than one Eisner Award attesting to its quality. And in my opinion, it did not live up to that hype. While technically skilled, there's something cold, methodical, and unfeeling about his work. I understand the widescreen cinematic choices for panel layouts, but I eventually found them dull and unimaginative. 
And at a pivotal scene near the end, to avoid spoilers, I'll call it the I am rage scene, I was actually pretty disappointed by an important panel that consumed half a page, but it came off as amateurish, rushed, and out of place amongst the rest of the art. Overall, I did like it. The story was fairly compelling. However, in the sea of titles I currently consume, there was not enough to make me care about these characters again or to continue to read the series. Unless, of course, David wants to keep sending me free trades. Huh? So there you go. Now for some self-promotion. Check out my book, Scar Tissue. Previews and other good stuff at scartissue-comic.com. The horror anthology, Fiendish Fables, is finally being published and will be in January's edition of Previews. Check it out at fiendishfables.com. Stop by Dial R Studios and see what my studio mates and me are up to. And check out the R-Cast at dialrstudios.com. If you want to check out my portfolio of work or contact me, you can at davedrawscomics.com. Well, that's it. Thanks, guys, for putting on a terrific podcast that keeps me entertained and enlightened while I'm slaving over the drawing board. I hope to see you in New York, and I'll talk to you guys soon. That at the end, we find out Sandra didn't kill her own son. She's being blackmailed into doing this by this organization. She pleads to Bruce to actually find the little dude, which basically clears his conscience. Right. And she triggers the plastic explosives just at the right time when Bruce was almost hulking out and does a nice little bit of work on her and her erstwhile partner, Slater. And Banner, we assume, hits the road after burying his his two um, attackers. And and one isn't quite dead yet. We don't know which one. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. That's the old... That's when they cue the the Rod Serling... uh, M- music. <laughs> all in all, uh, I don't know. It. I. I. I I'm not going to lie. It's not my favorite Hulk series. It. It's it, even though it does have my favorite artist on it. Uh, I think, in terms of this little bit of a chunk of this series, it. It works, but not as well as it works, as when you read the whole stretch. Of Bruce Jones's run, this this is only the the the, the slightest hint of, of of what's to come. Yeah, it's it's hard because there's no conclusion into this first arc. Right. Really, it just leaves you with you know eight more different questions about what the hell's going on, you know, and you know, and you know, and to just review this without going deeper into the rest of the run, it's kind of hard to give this book like a thumbs up. Yeah, oh, I I would give it a, a thumbs up just on the strengths of the art alone, but Oh, uh, I would I would two bits, but it just, you know, but just as just a solo arc and if you want to like say you should just read this just as one piece. Right, I couldn't do without that. Without recommending the the rest of the line. I mean, yeah, and see that's 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 real dangerous when you're when you're doing something that will eventually be Collected in a trade paperback, mm-hmm. and and if you gave somebody this these six issues and said, "Here, this is the beginning of Bruce Jones's Hulk run," I, I would think, you know, 
wow, this is really well done, and it asks a lot of questions, and it makes me wonder about where these dead people got the ability to come back from the, you know, to come back to life. But it doesn't really, I mean, it hooked me, but not really. Because as far as I'm concerned, Banner is absolved at the end. He didn't kill the kid. That's all I really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. You know, and and thanks Bruce Jones for telling me that. But as far as what happens next, I don't know. It, it, I thought it was a really nice run, though. I mean, oh, in it, the whole run, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. But you'd never really know this from these six issues. I, yeah, I, I mean, sh- this is like this is like the appetizer. Yeah, and it, and then like I said, it does a good job of setting up a couple of mysteries, which is, mm-hmm. I guess, what the first arc of a series is supposed to do. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I I love the art. I just that's the thing that clouds my judgment. I I can't look at Ramita Junior's art and say, oh yeah, this six issues are a little bit subpar because they're not. <laughs> you know, they're they're gorgeous. They're really well done. And if you could do Talking Heads this pretty, you know, yeah. you're okay in my book. I know coming back from like a 12-year stand of not reading comics, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed digging into this. Right, because it's the antithesis of the Hulk story. Mm-hmm. He's hardly in it. Mm-hmm. You know, Dave, you well, like obviously Jefferson also got a lot more out of it because he was he was he's kind of you were contemplating in uh, you know who 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 the poem. Was was directed towards was directed toward Verdugo was directed toward Banner. You were you were you were looking at at the dream sequence in, or the nightmare sequence in, in the last issue of the run where where you know is it Wood is it the boy is it did he really do it did he so I mean you Jefferson you really kind of after twelve years you dove in and and you were just soaking in everything so it's it when you guys announced this I mean it was like oh great this is a story that I know. I can actually kind of talk about this with you two. <laughs> and you did. I loved it. I mean, I, th- I got more out of it now listening to you and, and, and what you got out of it. So, I mean, it's, I, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And, and I read it as a Hulk story and it was something different. I knew Bruce Jones was, was you know, this was his, his first arc, his, his take on, on the Hulk after being, you know, away from, from Marvel for so many years and, and I'm like, okay, this is neat. And I, I read it for what it was. I just, I didn't do any digging. I didn't look deep, but... Uh, well, in your defense, I, there's really not that much to dig. That's true. And, yeah. and this is me we're talking about, so the, um, it, it's just... It, I, I read it. I enjoyed it. I thought the art was great. Like I said, I mean, you know, it's nice to not have Palmer drown somebody in his inks. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. But after listening to you, Jefferson, I I am going to go back and I'm going to reread it. And I, as soon as I have the time, and I'll I'll take it. Got a it. pretty long reading list. I, I have yeah. Aside from what came today, I also have those damn daredevils to get through. And I read about an issue and a half or two issues a night. So I just you're right. I, I do have a lot to read, but I am I'm lo- I'm looking forward now to actually rereading this and getting and, and getting multiple readings out of it and, and, and getting more than, than, than what I got initially. Man, you know, just talking about, you know, this and the next arc with uh, Lee Weeks doing the work on the next arc, which is just amazing. Yeah, he, Lee Weeks I'm, is great. God, I loved I loved the next arc. I, I, he draws, I, a, draws a beautiful Hulk. Oh, yeah. 
I will say something about 39, though. The two pages with the Frankenstein um, motif, that, mm-hmm. that pretty much saves the six issues for me. I, if that wasn't in there, this would just be another espionage story with the Hulk in it. You know, uh, or a, a tale of two hitmen and their their quarry. It's it's the 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 Frankenstein illusion that really says that Jones is thinking somewhere else with this story. You know, which yeah, so that it, it does work. I mean, in terms of the the whole science spawn monster, it, it, it makes it adds another layer to it. But in the end, I think it is just another espionage story with the Hulk in it but it would be even less of one without this, this these two pages I'll say I'll say and also add that enough said um, issue yeah into this I mean just I mean just alone for what Ramita's doing there but also just the uh, dream sequence with the whale mm-hmm. I mean I really appreciate that because you know I had to look at that a couple times uh, to kind of dig in to get what he was uh, dealing with what he was trying to uh, do there. Right. You know, I'm not the smartest cookie, so it takes me a couple times to... Oh, you chocolate chip. Work things out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... The, the Nuff Set issue is gold. I think it's the best of the six. Yeah. Can I make another uh, recommendation since we're talking about the Hulk here? Why not? Is that Bruce Jones, towards, towards, the, towards the end of his, did that Hulk thing miniseries... Called Hard Knocks. Yes, uh, Jay Lee did the work, art, didn't he? Jay Lee, yeah, Jay Lee did the artwork. That's a great little four issue deal. There, I would. Uh, I did not if, read that. Oh, if anyone loved what Bruce Jones was doing here, you liked what Bruce Jones was doing here. Grab that. It is just basically this, this, uh, just the thing, and uh, Hulk talking in this cafe in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's a great read. That's neat. Okay, and 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 uh, he sh- the thing shows up in the cafe and Banner is there, but uh, the thing doesn't want to talk to Banner, and so he slaps Banner around to get the Hulk, but he during the story he keeps on changing back to Banner and and uh, Ben just keeps on slapping him around because he doesn't want to talk to Banner he wants him to talk to the Hulk. <laughs> it's 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 a very good issue and my first exposure to Jay Lee's artwork. Which I thought was uh, just amazing. You talk about these challenging artists. I mean, his work. I just really like a lot. And uh, this is the beginning of a long, long, long run. <laughs> what wasn't Bruce Jones on it for at least two years, right? Yeah. And some people claim that it was a little too long. He he did uh, dangle some of the threads. A, uh, way, way, from, uh, way past their shelf date. Yeah. Suffer from Claremontitis. A little bit. Yeah. You eventually <laughs> find his, out. He fulfilled his two-year contract. Yeah. You eventually <laughs> find out who Mister Blue is. So anybody who was intrigued by that little concept in this, yeah. just stick Surprise. it, stick it out. Yeah. You'll find out who it is. <laughs> but uh, Bruce Jones Forget. has. Has not gone on to bigger and better things. Everything no. I've everything I've read from him from DC lately, just give me my money back. Like, What's he doing for DC? He did well, Man he Bat did the Vigilante. Yeah, Vigilante, Man Bat, uh, 
Dead Man? Isn't he doing the Dead Man uh, Vertigo miniseries? Oh, I think yes, right. because Steve Niles is doing Creeper, right? Yeah, and yeah, Creeper's so, yeah, really good. I like that a lot. But uh, not too... Uh, and then Bruce Jones's Nightwing. Oh, yeah, good thank lord. You. That's what I was waiting for. Not a good comic book. <laughs> no. But, you know, Bruce, you did a good job on Hulk. I'll give you that. This is decent enough where if I had not read the rest of the series, this would make me want to. So... Uh, as the f- I will snap my hands in applause. Yeah, as <laughs> as the first arc, it works. It works. What do you think, David? I I enjoyed it. I I, I was basically a spectator in this in, in in this episode, which is fine. I mean, I I, um, I enjoyed it. I I, uh, I got what I thought I was going to get out of it the first time around. Now I know what to look for. Now um, when it was uh, when it when it won. For um, for our Marvel Spotlight, I, I figured, okay, you know, there wasn't a lot going on in it, so I thought it'd be pretty easy. But again, you know, as Jefferson states, you know, there's there's you, it gives you a lot to kind of play with with your mind, if if, if you want to put it like that. It, it, there's things you can you can find in there that that'll give the story a whole other meaning, and um, you know, whether we. Did did it justice in a spotlight? I I, I can't say, but it it yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed I, I enjoyed the artwork. I enjoyed the story. I think Bruce Jones did great. And, he, and, and since I did read Boiling Point afterward, I thought uh, I thought that was I, I think that had a lot more meat on it. But it uh, it was a great story. Whole, it it yeah. really was. I mean, it, it 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 took it took some of the aspects from the first six issues a little further. It was it was. Um, it was a different take as far as that whole convenience store uh, hostage thing at the beginning, and then with the with with, with the uh, with the hostage negotiator that, that that's had better days. And I mean, there it, it was it was a nice story by itself. It's almost it's almost like the television series, in some sense. You know, yeah, Banner yeah. wanders into town, helps out a gal. Yep. Gets her pregnant. So. Oh, we didn't we we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about poor Ricky Slater. Is is Doc Samson's kid? Oh yeah, that's right. Do that, we learn that in this? Do we learn that in this run? Yep, she she says it right in the last. Uh, last let's say. Oh, that's right. When when he she shows uh, Bruce the photo and and says, you know, uh, that little boy. Yeah, that's how I know Samson from. It's his father. So there you go. A little bit of a little nugget that'll keep you reading. No kidding. Yeah. 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 Dun, 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 dun. And I think we did this book justice because let's be honest, it ain't the greatest book. You know what? When they when they picked this, I was like, oh damn! I was hoping for the Daredevil. So you know, take that. You should have said that. On, you should have said that, Vince. You should have. Oh damn! You know, uh, <laughs> Daredevil. Uh, then everyone would have rescinded their votes. No in a minute. No. Actually, Daredevil was was the next highest uh, voted. It was Daredevil. Then I think it was. Uh, the least amount of votes was for I think New Avengers and Marvel Team Up. So it was it was uh, and I, oh no, Born. See, I was looking forward to reading Born again. But again, you know these are these are storylines, miniseries runs that Marvel has done over the years. Marvel's done plenty. Like, like, like Vince and I both have a boatload of of Daredevil to read. I have the new X Men Omnibus to get through. I mean, we're not we're not going to be short 
on storylines from Marvel no. Spotlights. Oh, yeah, so, there's so many great stories. Yes, I mean, the I mean, especially Scroll since War, yeah. Dark Phoenix Saga. I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff. So I mean, And uh, you know, Miguel said to me, he said, what are you doing Incredible Hulk, Return of the Monster for? The, the thing is almost out of print. And I was like, what are you talking about out of print? The hardcover just came out. And he's like, yeah, in 2001. So I was like, I, I couldn't. I, I, th- it's been that long since this thing has been out. Well, don't forget, dude. You, you, you've been saying you've been saying the issue numbers. We're reading numbers, with thirty-four through thirty. Right, and it's issue one hundred now. To, yeah, so yeah. it's it's been a couple of years of of the Planet Hulk, which is Wonderful. So <laughs> one more plug. <laughs> <laughs> I never get tired You're a of that. Shameless promoter. I, they should do a, a little stage thing. Planet Hulk, Wonderful. Yeah. Oh yes, they they so should. With <laughs> please, uh, please, Marvel, do that. Mm-hmm.